everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, the podcast hosted by me, Mark Blankenship. And me, Sarah D. Bunting. And today, we're joined once again by Joe Reed. Hey, guys. Hey. This is actually our very first uh, listener request. I was on y'all from the break. I mean, yeah, came I really jumped in. I listened to that first episode. I think I was maybe not done with it. I was like, oh, I'm requesting something. Oh, <laughs> God. And in fact, Joe, uh, though he is here with us live, also sent us a pre-recorded request that is very thoughtful and very engaging. So we thought we would play that for you now. Hey, Mark. Hey, Sarah. It's your good friend, Joe. Love the new podcast. Love hearing you guys talk about songs. Eager to uh, make a request for a future episode. So how's about this? Um, I was watching the Academy Awards, and I saw that commercial for Android with the little piece of paper and the scissors and the stone, and they're all really good friends. And, of course, that relates to Android. However, doesn't matter. Um, and the song in that commercial is St. Elmo's Fire, parentheses, Man in Motion, or is it perhaps the other way around? You guys tell me. By uh, hair jam enthusiast, whatever, John Parr. Um, one hit wonder, two hit wonder, something. And it made me realize how much I still kind of love that song. And I was wondering whether you guys agree with me or disagree with me. But I feel like that song in particular is a good way to talk about things like 80s movie soundtracks, which were totally the thing back then. And we're like, that was when they could really like crank out some good hit music for movies, which is something that has always interested me. Um, also, you could talk about the Brat Pack, which was certainly a thing that I'm sure you guys have opinions on. Also, hair in 80s music, which is a, you know, endless topic of fascination. So... If you guys feel like this is a decent enough launching pad, if this song sort of uh, hits you in some of your nostalgia spots, I would eagerly, eagerly anticipate hearing you guys discuss this song. So uh, we'll be listening with rapt attention, and I will talk to you guys soon. St. Elmo's Fire Parentheses, Man in Motion, is all of the great cheesiness of the 80s that I love wrapped up in one follicularly uh, blessed... So I was watching the video before I came over here, and I had forgotten that, like, not only is it a video with scenes, with clips from the movie that it's from, but they also filmed original content with the stars of the movie, which, like, how they pried, you know, Demi Moore and Rob Lowe away from their busy schedule of 80s whoring to, like, go back and, like, film a video. Good God bless for all but, of that. But that's next level when you got your cast to be in the, in the new material for the oh, yeah. video. But that, again, that is how, like, significant soundtracks were to movies back then in a way that they just, like, aren't anymore. And you know that, like, I weep for that now, so. Well, this is definitely one of those, um, one of those songs that, like, I think the fact that it had the movie and the movie stars in it put it over as yeah. a video and therefore as a single because mm. I think the shit's pretty bad. Bro can't sing. Well, I before, think, yes. we, before we get <laughs> to that, perhaps we should listen to a sample. Oh, yeah. Make it. I know I can't. You broke the boy in me. But you won't break the man. 
it really is so histrionic. And then the song actually does an excellent job reflecting how self-serious the movie is about its own topic. Like, just once in his life, a man has his time. Like, they're humanities majors who can't stop fucking each other. Well, they're not thing, fire jumpers in Afghanistan. The song has nothing to do with what happens in the movie. The song is is probably meant for more of like a like sports montage. Like, well, it feels actually, like a training montage. Five. Yeah, the song was, <coughs> as my research taught me, oh, originally nice. written to be a soundtrack to the cross. The, the international tour of para-athlete Rick Hansen. Okay, that makes perfect sense. He was sense. going around the world in his wheelchair trying to raise awareness for the athletic capabilities of people yeah. with disabilities. And so the line... That makes a again, lot more sense. And once again, I'm going to hell. But no, but, you know, then, now the line, all I need is a pair of wheels, yes. is actually literal. Yes. Yeah. It's about a man in a wheelchair. Yeah. But then they just... He's got to be a man in motion. All he needs is a pair of wheels. Yeah, and it makes sense. I just think it is kind of funny, though, that... Of course, that has been lost to history. Right. I didn't know it until I was, was reading about well, it. Well, I, I like the idea of Joel Schumacher being like, yeah, bring it on in. It's totally fine. It'll work for this movie where Rob Lowe is mean to Mayor Winningham because she's wearing Spanx. Like, what a traumatizing <laughs> zine that was. And oh, also the, the scene where Demi Moore has like a, some sort of overdose on a balcony, right? Yeah. And she's going to throw herself off a balcony. She's in like an abandoned apartment that's like windswept yes. through like, it's a floor through, yes. so like she's got a great crossbreed. She's not alone. She has the Billy Idol... <laughs> like mural. Oh god, you're right. With the neon like hair streaks oh, or like her his hair in that movie. Yes. neon light. Her hair in that movie. Was Is this beautiful. also the movie where Emilio Estevez stays at a ski lodge with Andy McDowell? Yes. 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 Yeah, which is I remember even at And the it's time, stalking her, but you're totally supposed to root for that. That right? was like the entire decade of like 85 through 95 was like almost entirely characterized by Andy McDowell being in movies seemingly by accident. Like, she always just seemed like, what are you doing here? Like in Four Weddings and a Funeral where she would just sort of like show up and just like, what are you doing here? We've got a Kristen Scott Thomas. We kind of don't need you. Like, Oh, is it raining? Oh, God. I had noticed. I, number 23 was great. You were number 23 or whatever the hell she says. I, I went down a similar path as you did, Joe, because I saw Breakfast Club and thought, oh my god, this movie's amazing, it totally speaks to yeah. truths, and I still think it does. I'm it a brain! Yeah, exactly. I'm a brain, I know, and yeah. I know a girl who eats sushi, and it is weird. Um, but then, I, so I then watched... Is that what they called it in Tennessee? <laughs> oh! Oh, small businesswoman! Yay. <laughs> Uh, then I had... That's going to be one of our running jokes on this podcast. Small businesswoman? Small businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I had then watched the other Molly Ringwald movies, which are good, right? I mean, yeah, Pretty in Pink's a good movie. Yeah, and Sixteen Candles is good enough. It's yeah. now incredibly racist. But sure. So then it was after... For Keeps is terrible, but Randall Badenkopf is fucking hot in it. But... but after those three movies, and then I was okay with some kind of wonderful, I was like, well, obviously I'm going to love yeah. Say Almost Fire. Yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah, no. But I want to go back to the song because I completely agree with you, obviously, that this is one of the cheesiest songs ever made. But we actually had a reader named Jen who emailed us about the song Electric Blue by Icehouse. I can breathe every time you come at me. Tell me what can oh, I do? Oh God, that's electric blue. Wow. Right, so, but her whole thing about that song was she didn't understand why, but when she was listening to it, it got her really emotional, and she wondered if we had any songs like that. And interestingly enough, this song kind of is that for me. Yeah, it gets me so emotional 
And I'm not even really sure why, because it is basically the same song as An Eye of the Tiger. Right. But one of the reasons is the dance that you guys saw me doing during the... The playback? Yeah, yeah. Was a dance that I created with my good friend Katie when we were at parties in college. And it was one of those moments where we both kind of came up with the same dance at the same time while looking at each other. And we were both kind of drunk. And it was just one of those moments where you realize that you're really, really good friends with someone because you both act like you're burning alive with saying endless fire inside <laughs> of you. And you're like patting yourself down. And so... Very Romy, Michelle, and Ellen coming at this. Exactly. Very much so, but yes. There's just something about, because this is my Katie Shrout, by the way. Hey, girl. Because this is my, like, Katie Shrout friendship song. Yeah. I get so stirred by it. But I also get so stirred by the line, and this is, this is there's no excuse for this. But I do love the line, you broke the boy in me, but you won't but break, you won't the, break man. the man. Yeah. Curiouser and curiouser. Like, why? How does that have any? Did he write that after the paraplegic guy? Yeah, maybe that's like, like weird spotlight place. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but like, yeah. I can make it. I know I can. You broke the boy in me, but you won't break the man. I mean, that's that's a terrible but wonderful. Part. I was gonna say, well, all of these songs from this genre are so horrendous lyrically, and yet, like, there's some sort of like chemical reaction. This is why I can never hate. The Starship songs that everybody hates, or they're like, wonderful. that's why you can't hate them. Like, we built they're the city, not. like, there is Stop a there is some sort of like chord progression or something in there that's just sort of like that, like, hits me in the back of like a brain cell. It's just sort of like, nope, dopamine sending it to you. Yeah. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I actually, um, am not capable of not speeding when we built this city. Yeah, yes, on shuffle. Yes, I'm still mad about Sarah though. Fucking put an H on it at least. Like I don't know if Marconi plays the Mamba or not, but like I don't know if I need to. But just listen to the radio. Yeah, exactly. Or oh my god, you know what? Nothing's gonna stop us now. I mean, come on. It's actually, oh my god, I can't with that one. Yeah, you should. It might have been. It's the mannequin hater in you. I just, and that was another one. Did you hate Hollywood by with by Meshack Taylor? (laughs) You're you're evil. Yeah, I'm a monster. I've actually never seen that movie. Um, I actually haven't either. Or Streets oh, of Fire. Like that was a fucking great song, that Streets of Fire song. Oh, God. No one ever saw that movie. No. Well, that's like, nobody ever saw The Legend of Billie Jean either, but like, everybody uh, was like, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry, I stepped I've in The Legend of Billie Jean Hold, please. Please. I'm escorting Joe to the edge of the property. All I'm going to tell you is fair. that if you want to see a movie about a teenage Yardley Smith having her first period... Then you gotta watch The Legend of Billy Jean. (laughs) And that's like, there were the two movies where that Keith guy was like, that perfectly normal sort of like schleppy kid, who actually was kind of foxy, I thought. Yeah. His love interest. Yeah. Was that and like Back to School and maybe one other one. And Uh now he's a director. Keith Gordon? That sounds right. That sounds plausible. Also, Christian Slater was was Billy Jean's brother. Yes. And he looked about 12. And was blonde, and it was amazing. But let me wait. I, I want to go back to, to what Joe was saying. I, I agree with you. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the onslaught of constant key changes. Yeah, well, yes. that's. I think that's what it is. That it. Yeah. And, and as you and I, I both. It's like professed, a reflex hammer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As professed Diane Warren aholics. Yeah. Like, I, as somebody who made a Spotify playlist just for songs with significant key changes, like I, I, I know I'm into it. But I also think that there's something about the rushing tempo of this particular song. It's so insistent. It really does suggest motion. 
And yeah. there's something about how you just, you have to start pumping your arms. Because yeah. it's like you are actually... I'm not running. a treadmill runner. I would run on a treadmill. Yeah. So. No, me too. Like, yeah. And why At also... Like that angle. And <laughs> yeah, like exactly. 50 degrees. <laughs> Does anybody understand, and maybe you can help me with this, why is it so pleasurable in that snippet that we play when the guys go, just how far I go. Oh, yeah. Like jazzy background singers? Yeah. yeah. Why is it so good? That when he is in motion, they are nearby. The <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of getting emotional, I feel like must take a moment now to um, examine or interrogate, dramaturgically speaking, uh, the other big track from this soundtrack. Oh, which, let's do it. No, I don't mean fucking Andrew McCarthy ruining respect uh-huh. for an entire generation of moviegoers. Just kidding, not that many people saw the movie. Um, by playing the bongos and screeching Aretha Franklin, like, uh. that is a war crime. That's why he had to make Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, like that's what, That was the atonement. Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> 2 was the atonement. And then got stuck in a bunch of uh, poorly regarded Stephen King miniseries. Yes. Also true. also true. No, I mean the love theme from St. Elmo's Fire, a.k.a. Attack of the David Foster Strings. Um, David Foster. I went to girls' school. Uh, there were a lot of, like, very cheesy traditions that were meant to, like, as you were, you know, departing, uh, sure. like, you'd have a step saying, and your little sisters would bring you stuffed animals, and there was, like, really a lot of, like, histrionic, crowd-like madness kind of crying and pretending sure. that you were really going to miss the place, which, of course, you weren't, because right. it was fucking girls' school in New Jersey in 1990, like, what's yeah. to miss? But this, what, like every uh, junior class had to pick a mascot. Ours was a giraffe named after an Edith Wharton character. Oh my God, of course it was. I have just uttered the best sentence ever. I was going to say. Everybody else may now retire. Um, and you had to pick a song. And our song, I don't know why we picked this. The movie had not even just come out. Like, there weren't any words. The class before us had My Life by the Beatles. Like, all right. So oh, I know what you're about to play. Now I know what you're about to That's play. That's a little on the nose for me, actually, My Life. I think, I think I'm going to give the thumbs up to your class for going with what we're going to All right, well, to we're going to hear a clip of it now, so let's see how you feel in, that, in a minute or two.
there was a video for this. I think there was. You see it on like VH1 late night, which yeah. like they had this, they had the entire Amy Grant catalog, and then there was like a stray and Gloria Estefan song here yes. there. And then yeah. always the ballads of Gloria Estefan. Oh, yes. She doesn't want to lose you now. No, yeah, she yeah. doesn't. She'll do anything for you. <laughs> um, I would just like to point out, weirdly enough, that David Foster also produced and co-wrote Man in Motion. I just think it's interesting that, that both of those songs, it actually makes the emotional arc of Man in Motion make more sense. Yes. Because even when it was still about the para-Olympian, David Foster was on board. Like, he was with it from the beginning. And so you can so you can see his big hair touch yeah. all through it as well. Also, for a little bit of context, I did go and jot down the five nominees for Best Original Song uh, from the Oscars of that God year. Bless Thank you. God, Apollo. Um, the two that I would have included, probably the three that I would have included, Miss Seeley's Blues from The Color Purple is really good. Mm -hmm. I really like that. It makes sense in the movie. Um, Separate Lives from White Knights, the Phil Collins Marilyn Martin duet. Have no I love that song. God, yes. But what won that year? Against All Odds, gal. But I get it. Oh yeah, like both of them, really good. Um, The Power of Love from Back to the Future, like it's wallpaper, but like I'll allow it. Like, I, it's yeah, really good. It's yeah, that's it. When M- Marty's on that skateboard, he's the, you gotta watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise from a chorus line, which was the we're gonna write a new song for the a chorus line. Yeah. Yeah. to get a nomination, get rid of it. Dumps. I don't like that. I don't like that. And then the winner was Lionel Richie from White Knights doing Say You Say, Say Me, you. one oh, of my wow. least favorite songs in the 1980s. Do you remember when we when we did a series? Of I sure do. When we revisited all these songs. Yes, I do. Yeah, I remember then. Yeah, I did yeah. not. I did not like Say You Say Me. I don't know. But I feel like, you know, like, again, Man in Motion is not a technically good song, but, like, in the 1980s, they've had worse, like, nominated well, for Oscar. an effective use of the 80s. Um, it does seem like there probably was, not a, by numbers, but, like, some kind of, like, um, ju- yeah, kind of by numbers thing, where it's, like, yeah, and there's here's a, formula. a key change, yes. and here's a guitar speech, oh. and then, he, you know... Knowing that David Foster was, like... Part of it. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have yeah. you read his book? No, God. Oh, shit's good. Yeah? He talks some shit. I mean, I think he's probably a terrible human, and I'm not going to let him use the bathroom, but right. I don't watch The Real Housewives, so I don't really know. And he doesn't come across well in The, the Real Housewives, but few people David do. Yeah. Foster few husbands on, do, especially. Wait, David Foster is on a Real Housewives? His wife has been on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for the last, like, four seasons, oh, and they just shit. split up at the end of this most recent season. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, because she cheated on him with Munchausen or something. You know, it's <laughs> <hurt. laughs> With Dr. Munchausen. Hard to follow. Yes. But it occurs to me that if this song had not been originally written for that Paralympian, that it clearly would have been nominated for Song of the Year at the Oscars that year. Oh, because it wouldn't have been eligible because it it wasn't written specifically for the movie. But David Foster is too high-minded in his principles to allow them to nominate a song that is not technically eligible, and I honor him for that. (laughs) I don't think he actually is, but I did read his, um, it wasn't exactly like an autobiography, and it's named something stupid like... Notes on a scandal, like notes. Yeah. Oh, I see. Ah, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's actually decent. Like it's he fluffs himself a lot, but that's all these books. Yeah. I don't think he used a ghostwriter, and he he did have um, he did feel some ways. He's one of those like names people. Names, which was nice. I would probably feel a little <laughs> bit more akin to how I feel about Diane Warren about him if he had kept in that kind of genre, whereas now he's just sort of hitched his wagon to Andrea Bocelli, and he's just making, Ooh, well, like, yeah. like grandma music now, in a way that's just like, okay. Well, remember he also wrote that first song for that woman, Charisse, when Oprah found her? Oh, God, that that's right. Song. Yes. Um, well, you guys, with that, uh, 
sad tribute to the end of David Foster's legacy. I think <laughs> this is a great time to say thank you again, oh, Thank Joe. you guys so much. I had so much fun. This was amazing. Perfect request. Joe, where else can people find your musings about pop culture? Oh, God. You can find me on uh, Twitter, at Joe Reed. I write for a site called Decider.com. And I'm on a little podcast called Extra Hot Grape. That, uh, Heard of it. Yeah, we talk about some stuff there. So, mm -hmm. yes. We built this city. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is created and hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. If you'd like to request a song for discussion or to share the mixtape of your soul, send us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com or tweet us at talksongs. Today's theme music was written and performed by David Gregory Byrne. And if you would like to submit a theme, send it to talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Just keep it under 15 seconds, and please use the full name of the podcast. And if you'd like to buy an ad, we welcome you. Advertise your business, send a birthday message, or just hum a few bars. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com to get advertising. Until next week, this is Sarah. This is Mark. And, and this, this was Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.